morning, Gospel Tab fam. Can we just give the Lord another clap? (laughs) If you're grateful for who He is and what He's done, if you're grateful for who He is and what He's doing in your life, uh, let's just clap to Him one more time. We praise You. We thank You, Lord. You are good. And Lord, we receive the, the blessings of your presence, the blessings of your rain showers upon us for some healing, for some forgiveness, for some direction and calling and assignment. Jesus, we thank you. Uh, You are our good shepherd. You are our healer. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, it's good to be with you guys. It always is. And um, we are going to continue in this summer series of the Lord's Prayer, how Jesus taught us to pray. So if you could turn on your devices or look with me on the screen. And uh, if you guys could stand with me. And let's read this out loud together. The Lord teaches us to pray it every day together anyway, right? It's uh, said, Our Father, not mine. So um, this is for the people of God to pray together. And so um, let's read this out loud together now. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Amen. You can be seated. Okay, so last week here, Mary preached on Give Us Today Our Daily Bread. And our mentors in prayer um, say that that prayer, along with this part of the Lord's Prayer, uh, Forgive Us Our Sins, is the room of sonship. They talk about it in terms of rooms uh, because... Uh, They want us to understand that this is a prayer pattern. It's not just some rote prayer to repeat every day, right? But that in it contains all manner of prayer. All manner of prayer is held within this prayer. This is why Jesus taught us to pray this way. So, uh, for instance, in the room of our Father, it's the room of relationship. And the room of relationship is one where we can stay in a long time and meditate on His love for us and who we are and who He is, and right? And so, but in this room is the room of sonship. In the College of Prayer, our mentors in prayer uh, like to say that this, along with give us today our daily bread, is like uh, take, out the gar- take out the garbage and bring in the groceries. Because it indicates our deep spiritual need for forgiveness. Both forgiveness to receive and forgiveness to give. We have a deep need as much to give forgiveness as we do for our souls to receive it. Amen. 
Last year, I shared a story with you all, and some of you might remember this, some of you may not have heard it. And in the story, it was a story of my experience of being hurt by a church leader, our family being hurt by a church leader many years ago, and uh, as an adolescent. And for me, like I, and I talked in that story about how the Lord brought a measure of healing to me. But I want to revisit that story and emphasize the role of forgiveness in it. Because I think it will help to paint a picture of how forgiveness unlocks healing. And so, in the story um, of a year ago, the Lord revealed something new to me. And it was that the enemy was trying to steal my calling 20 years ago when our family experienced this hurt. 25 years ago. And um, in that time... Um, so he revealed something new. And as I forgave the person who wronged us for that specific thing, it unlocked specific breakthrough. And the breakthrough looked like the Lord washing over me with grief at what was stolen. Decades stolen and taken related particularly to my calling. But he also brought healing that said, I'm restoring everything that was lost. And I've said this before to you, I believe the Lord doesn't play fair, and He even gives us a double portion. And so there was healing on the other side of that, grieving on the other side of that, and restoration of calling on the other side of that forgiveness. And lastly, there was a particular word of the Lord to me that was, you cannot take this into your next season of your leadership. So in all of it, right, there's this picture of sonship. There's this picture of purpose on our lives, of calling in terms of our identity in Christ, and the role that forgiveness plays in it. And so some of you know from whether restoration prayer trainings or restoration prayer sessions or other contexts that when I talk about forgiveness, I'm often starting in teaching roles uh, to with uh, what forgiveness is not. Because I believe that even in the wider church, there's a lot of misconceptions about forgiveness. So I want to say, and it's on the screen here, uh, forgiveness is not trusting the person who hurt you. Forgiveness is not dismissing the pain that was caused. And forgiveness is not reconciliation. Now let me unpack these. I befriended somebody through a mutual friend years ago, and um, we started hanging out some, and uh, pretty quickly they started to manipulate me in small ways. And, you know, I didn't catch on to this at first. They were good at what they did. Um, And then um, after a while I realized, like, okay, they're definitely lying to me. And now I know there's like a pattern of it and like based on what happened. And so I called them out on it. They were offended and got angry. And then um, beyond that, as it continued to happen, I I had to just set boundaries. Be like, this isn't a healthy relationship for you or me. I felt like we were like breaking up. Um, But I was like, (laughs) uh, you know, like this isn't working for me (laughs) kind of thing. And I I really just set like a hard boundary. Like I, I can't, we can't spend time together, you know, in this season. And we can revisit things if you, you know, are willing to make, um, well, anyway, so I see him fast forward a couple years later and he tells me about how he came to Christ. And I was super encouraged by this, of course. And I was just like, praise God, man, that's awesome. And, um, and he's right away. One of the next things he said out of his mouth was, do you trust me? 
<laughs> Diane, <laughs> Diane, I should have brought you with me, Diane. Um, and I said, no, I don't. And he was offended at that. And I just said, listen, man, you know, like, I'm excited that you came to Christ and what God's doing in your life. I forgave you, like, shortly after things happened a couple years ago. But I don't trust you at all because trust is earned. And forgiveness is given. Right? And so... Trust is built by repeatable, observable behavior over time in relationship with someone. And really, if our relationship is healthy at all, right, it's going to be built on trust. And so trust is earned. Forgiveness is given. Forgiveness is not dismissing your pain. I hear some people say, I've been so hurt by that person, I'm not ready to forgive them because of all this pain I have. I want you to know that Jesus died on the cross to bring you both forgiveness and healing, but that they're two separate things. God wants to heal you of the legitimate pain you're going through, but He also, um, but you also can forgive while you're still in pain. And so I want to encourage us in that this morning, that forgiveness isn't the same as healing, though as I mentioned in my story, it often unlocks and is therefore related to healing. Lastly, forgiveness is not reconciliation. Brooke has taught us, right? Forgiveness is unilateral. Reconciliation is bilateral. It depends on the other person. Some people will say, right, I don't forgive because they're not even sorry. Like, they're not even sorry for what they did. Well, guess what? Good news. They don't have any power over you unless you give it to them. They don't have to be sorry. You can still forgive them. And guys, forgiveness, and I have it there on the screen, is um, releasing the person from the debt they owe you. Do we have it up there? Forgiveness is releasing the person, thank you, from the debt that they owe you. And the power of forgiveness is not in releasing the person from the debt they owe you. It's in you being released from the power of Satan, his kingdom, and his works when you forgive. You see, I would contend forgiveness is more... When you forgive, forgiveness is more for you than for that person. Especially if they're not repentant, right? It's not for them. It's for you. And don't get all religious on me and say you shouldn't forgive for selfish reasons. Because <laughs> I'm not saying it's selfish. I'm saying it's the effects of forgiveness. <laughs> that forgiveness is for you who forgives. It keeps you free from the enemy. And forgiveness is saying, I forgive you because Jesus forgave me. Forgiveness is saying, I forgive you because Jesus forgave you for what you did to me. And I want to let that read you this morning. How do you feel about that? What does that do to you? Some of you are in the midst of hard relationships, hard strife, pain right now. What do you feel at the reality that Jesus is ready to forgive the person for whatever it is that they did to you? And the reason I say let that read you let that surface in your heart to hear that is because God wants to tell you this morning where you're at in that process regarding forgiveness and regarding your pain. Because what the enemy wants to do is cause you to misinterpret your pain 
create and reinforce a false narrative that keeps you locked up inside. But Jesus has good news for you today. Who am I not to forgive someone if Jesus forgives them? Whoever I am, I'm not believing in forgiveness if I don't forgive. And if I'm not believing in it, I'm not receiving it. And if I'm not receiving it, I don't have it. And I don't have it, not because the Lord isn't willing to get it or because he's withholding it, but it's because I don't believe in it to receive it. The evidence is the fruit of not forgiving someone else. That's why, right, in verse 15, there's this hard verse, or maybe 14, about if you don't forgive others their sins, your Father in heaven won't forgive you. Well, if forgiveness is given and not earned, it doesn't mean what it sounds like, right? It doesn't mean if you're not going to, you know, you have to earn forgiveness by forgiving other people. That's not it. It's you can't receive it if you don't believe in it. But the Father is ready to give it to you. He's ready for you to believe in what, that He speaks a better word than the way of unforgiveness. You guys remember the parable, right, of the unmerciful servant where uh, Jesus tells this story of a man who, like, literally owes a trillion dollars to his master, and his master forgives him of the debt. And then he's walking down the road, and he sees someone who literally owes him, like, two pennies, and he does not forgive him, and he chokes him out, right? And then his master hears about it, and he's like, dude, I forgave you of all this stuff, and this person, you have to go to prison now until you owe, until you pay back everything. Why? Because it was according to the unmerciful servant's belief that he would then live. Guys, we all believe in something, and we will live according to what we believe. And for that merciful, unmerciful servant, he lived in a prison cell. Unforgiveness is like walking in a prison cell and handing Satan the keys. And guys, you would rather, you, you would wish you threw those keys away because he makes a terrible master. He makes a terrible master. And if I can take that illustration a step further, those bars are like bitterness. And that bitterness can take root and ravage your soul. But forgiveness, there's such power. You can see there's such power in forgiveness. Unforgiveness can be paralyzing, but receiving forgiveness from God, it's just like receiving a gift. Like we, we know that illustration, right? For those of us church folk who grew up in the church, we know the illustration of it's a, salvation's a free gift of eternal life, right? It's like getting a free gift. You can just receive it by faith. Well, how many of you know that forgiveness is the same way? The same salvation that was worked into you by the Holy Spirit. By that same Spirit, we are to work out our salvation, right? With fear and trembling. And what that means is we practice our salvation. We practice the gospel. We practice forgiveness, right? Because it's one thing to believe in the forgiveness of sins so that I, about us going to heaven someday, right? But it's another thing to believe in forgiveness for this sin, this time, right? The sin that I committed this time, 
that cause me shame? Am I willing to believe in forgiveness and good news for my bad news this time? The, the fresh wounding that someone caused me this time, do I believe in the way of forgiveness and to practice this by faith this time for this wound? There's good news for our bad news this time. Where are we at right now with this? And let me tell you, Jesus has the keys now. Jesus won back the keys. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. The enemy doesn't have the keys unless we give them to him. <laughs> right? And so Jesus is saying, I have all authority Walk in this way of receiving and giving forgiveness. Stay free and even walk in my authority to free others. Amen. My main point today is that forgiveness disempowers the enemy, unlocks healing, and enables us to live spirit-empowered lives. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and he purifies us from all unrighteousness. Jesus purifies us by his blood. Aren't you grateful that Jesus was scourged on his back? Aren't you grateful that he was marred that we would be healed? That he shed his blood that we would be forgiven? Aren't you grateful that we were delivered by His death and resurrection from all our fears and all our troubles. And that even where that's not yet manifest in your life, that there's good news for that place in your life. Because it was already afforded you 2,000 years ago on that cross. If we confess our sins to one another and pray for one another, we will be healed Again, a picture of how forgiveness connects to healing, both of which were afforded us through the atonement of Jesus Christ on that cross. You know, on the day that Jesus was crucified, there was a custom because it was Passover that day. And in that custom, um, a prisoner could be released. And some of you know the story. Jesus was standing there and Barabbas, a man named Barabbas next to him. Jesus, who was innocent, and Barabbas, who was guilty. And the people would choose Barabbas to be let go. Well, did you know that Barabbas means son of Abba? What a picture for us, right? That we would be released from the debt we owe. Though we deserved to die and hang on a tree. Like Barabbas deserved to die and hang on a tree. That Jesus would die for us and instead of us as a perfect substitute. So that we could be sons of Abba. And Jesus taught us to pray, Our Abba, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Not some distant father who is angry, but someone who loves us and embraces us. And the picture of this, amen, is at the cross. That he would give his very son 
Indeed, He withholds nothing from us. He is ready to forgive us our sins. Jesus is faithful and just, and we are children of faith, crying our Papa. Well, some of you have someone to forgive. And, um, you know, for some of you, that person's being highlighted right now, and it's new to you. It's like, oh, I didn't, you know. Um, I shared that story of a year ago, and, <laughs> and the Lord peeling back another layer. Um, so perhaps... Uh, you should pay attention to who he might be revealing and ask, go to him about that and ask him um, what's going on there. A, a couple years ago, I didn't forgive someone because I wasn't offended at what they did. But the Lord corrected me and he said that they did wrong you and there was loss in this and you need to forgive. And when I forgave, again, similar to the other story I shared, it unlocked like a grieving at my lo- in my heart at what was lost in this relationship. And then the Lord brought healing. <laughs> and so I'm beginning to see a bit of a pattern in how forgiveness actually is supernaturally powerful in how it affects our lives. But some of you, you know who you haven't forgiven, and bitterness has taken root. And... I've already spoken to this a little bit, but guys, today can be the day of your freedom. If you have a narrative that's been looping in your head, maybe for months, maybe for years, maybe just for a few days right now, that justifies you to not forgive, that interprets your pain in such a way that says, this person doesn't deserve my forgiveness, so I'm not going to give it as though it's earned, And that I'm justified to walk in the character defects I have because of what they did to me, then that is a bondage (laughs) that Jesus wants to free you from. Guys, the gospel is so much better than that. And that belief in that lie will keep you twisted and even paralyzed from moving forward. That's not who you are. That person doesn't have the power to justify you to live a certain way. Jesus Christ did 2,000 years ago. He justified you. You're not guilty anymore, and you can be free. (laughs) But freedom looks like where you've been hurt to release the person from the dead. And be specific, because specific freedom gets specific breakthrough. We're going to have prayer ministers here, up here in a little bit. I encourage you to come up and confess your unbelief in forgiveness as sin and repent and know that God is ready. He's faithful and just to forgive you your sin. It's good news. God isn't here waiting to condemn you. He's your papa (laughs) who wants to restore you through forgiveness. And then forgive. Forgive for what was done to you. Specifics. And let the Lord minister His healing balm to your heart. Forgiveness and healing. These are our inheritance in Jesus. Some of you are setting healthy boundaries. You're forgiving even up to this minute. You're current with your forgiveness and you're still being hurt. And the pain is real and it's not okay. I encourage you to come and be ministered to. There's healing for you today. Right? Maybe you're doing all the right things, but you're still hurt. <laughs> I encourage you 
to receive from the Lord today for your pain. Let me tell you, I have been grieved and privileged both to see people who have experienced some of the most heinous wrongs to them humble themselves and forgive and on the other side of that experience the joy of the Lord a transformed countenance and healing to their hearts I've seen people more than once laughing with holy laughter with the joy of the Lord on the other side of forgiveness and a measure of healing. How is that possible but God? Right? And forgiveness is a key in this so often, guys, for us. Well, forgiveness not only breaks the ground, excuse me, of the power's enemy over us, and uh, it not only unlocks healing, but it also enables us to live spirit-empowered lives. I had a dream a few months ago that Brandy was putting in service lines. And in, uh, above these service lines, I just saw the big words, holiness is our freedom. And I know I texted you about that, Brandy. Um, and I just believe the Lord is saying, you are gonna put, you're going to create ministry platforms for people to experience breakthrough into their identity. And that they're going to go into the region, and many people are going to come to Christ because of the aroma of Christ on their lives. Guys, that is a picture. Holiness is our freedom. A lot of times, holiness, um, we have trouble with that concept. Because it's like, well, I'm not, you know... um, you know, I know these issues I have, or I'm not talking about not making mistakes. I'm talking about right standing with God. The Lord said, be holy as I'm holy. And the Lord says, you're holy. Don't call unclean what I've called clean. I've cleansed you from all unrighteousness. The, right? But the, the thing for us that can be hard is like, well, how do I live that way? <laughs> right? Well, what does that look like, a spirit-empowered life? And so, one thing that um, comes to my mind in this, in being activated in our holiness, in believing for our holiness, is intimacy with Jesus. It's fellowship. I heard someone recently say, it's hard to sin when you're in fellowship with Jesus. <laughs> it's hard to sin when you're being active at his pre- about being in His presence. And I like that little saying because um, it reminds us to remain in Him. And Mike Pickle says, um, he's an author and a pastor, he says, When Christ cherishes us with his words, we're washed from all defilement. When we experience this kind of cleansing in relationship, in intimacy, right, at his words, whether it's the Bible or something he's speaking to us in prayer, we live clean or according to the truth. When we experience this kind of cleansing, we live clean or according to the truth. It's a very free place to be in God, to walk in intimacy with Him. And Jake, if you can come on up and play. And so, you know, this is a this is a sermon on. Um, forgive us our sins 
and forgive those who sin as we forgive those who sin against us. But it's such a key to your kingdom come. Because when you come to realize whose you are and who you are, that you are a holy son, daughter of the living king, and start to live that way, the enemy will know who you are too. And he will fear you. Do you remember that story in Scripture where these guys who are trying to cast out demons in the name of the Jesus that Paul preached, um, the demons respond, we know Jesus and we know Paul, but who are you? And that's my question to, to us this morning. Who are you? Do you know who you are? Because if you do, when you do, so will the enemy. And the reason is because when you know who you are, you start to come after enemy gates. And when you know your authority, you tell those gates to be lifted up in the name of Jesus because the King of glory is coming in and He's taking back everything you stole and He's restoring a double portion for the shame and pain of this person. You see, because it's not just for us. It's for others. He freed you to free others. There's lost people on the other side of those gates. We've come for the lost to find what's been lost. We are coming after those who don't yet know this love. Why? Because we know who we are in Christ. Guys, this starts with forgiveness, but it moves into fellowship. This starts with being pardoned, but it moves into partnership in the kingdom to set other captives free. Amen? This is the good, good news of Jesus Christ. Amen.